This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And it is time to talk about what we're watching, reading, and listening to. And generally, these things sort of say a lot about where we are at in life, Marjorie. (laughs) It's it's a little bit of a reflection. What you consume, I think, shows people where you're at inside. So be careful when people ask you what shows you're watching. It tells them something about you. Yeah, unless you want to reveal those things. And I wanted to start this week with what I'm eating. Oh, how wonderful. You are going to love this, Elizabeth. So we went up to visit the kids in Chicago. So I live in Kansas. We drove up to Chicago. It's about a 10-hour drive. And we had time, so we just did it in two days. That's fun. Oh, it was really fun. And so the first stop was Omaha, Nebraska. Somewhere in Middle America is the counting crew. Middle America. Yep. And I got to tell you, uh, Omaha has about a little less than a half a million people in it. There's an old market neighborhood, which is sort of downtown Omaha. We went to the restaurant Gather in Omaha. That's what it's called. And it's a farm-to-table restaurant, Elizabeth, where the farm is in the basement. I'm in. I'm sold. I'll order the whole menu. It was super cool. And this is the thing. I think we forget when we live in bigger cities, like these smaller towns, like they're cool. I they love so that. Much, yes. They have so much great stuff going on and they're manageable. You're totally right. So that, yeah, that that restaurant was outstanding. They actually had, I thought you would like this, um, Ian had the scallops. And I'm looking at, the, I had a salad, which was fantastic. But I, I was looking at the menu this morning. I did not see this on the menu when we were there at Gather in Omaha. Elk bolognese. Oh, yum. I know. It's elk bison, um, house-made red sauce, tomatoes, house-made pasta, grilled baguette, and grated uh, pecorino. Pecorino Romano, sheep's milk cheese. Yep. Delicious. Yep. That's, um, so. That sounds really great. I, You know, I think you're totally right. And when you mentioned that... That idea of those those size of cities, you know, I went to school in Madison. It's no secret, even though the yes, you great know. Wisconsin Badgers lost in basketball last night. It was a real heartbreaker. But um, we, <laughs> I, I love that city, and I love that size of city. And I think I've known a few people who've worked in news in Omaha, and I think those types of cities are like such a great place to raise kids, and you oh. get a total sense of you know, Minneapolis was. I think probably at one point was sort of considered that. I mean, it's still like a mini oh, city so. compared to like and Chicago or something like that. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows everybody here. But I think that small size, this is why people are drawn to like Austin or, you know, Nashville, right. which those cities are exploding because right. it's, it's, it's easy, manageable, but you're, you still get exposed to a lot of culture. I mean, there's like a lot of oh. cool city things without a lot of the downsides. Nashville was especially that way because I lived there in the early 90s. Yeah, you lived there when and it was like less fancy schmance. It was fantastic because there was music everywhere. So fun. I mean, you could just go to such great clubs. Now, coming back, we went to we went through Des Moines. Yeah, another and, one. Um, Des Moines is 
amazing because per capita, it has – I'm going to phrase it this way, but this is not how it was written up in the newspaper. Per capita has the most shishi restaurants for a city that size. Oh, cool. There's only like 200,000 people because of the Iowa caucuses. Oh. So if you think about it, every two years because, you know – the, the caucuses are every four years, but the operatives have to show up early. Yeah. The press has to show up early. So they have an inordinate number of great restaurants. Um, and so one of the articles when we were driving into Des Moines, I looked up – I think it was it was probably on Eater. But it was the 20 top restaurants in Des Moines uh, as told by the campaign operatives. So <laughs> – so it was all of their recommendations. So there's this there's this street called Ingersoll Avenue, which is like Restaurant Row. We went to a place called Eatery A, Eatery a which was Mediterranean. So I had a Moroccan stew, Yum. which now, mind you, we had been in Chicago eating our way through Chicago was better than anything I'd had in Chicago. Okay, that's so cool. Really good. And then on top of it, Elizabeth... The waitress after said, well, you guys going to go out for a drink after? And we're like, no. And she's like, well, there's this great bar you should stop by. And the bar's name is Hello Marjorie. So you went. I went to take pictures. That's all I did. We didn't drink. I just took pictures. But this guy who owns the bar named it after his grandmother. And he used his grandmother's living room furniture from the 60s and then sort of bought lots more. So it feels like you're walking into an 80-year-old woman's living room. That's so cool. And the picture of his grandmother, Marjorie, is sort of spotlit as you walk in, and she's standing there in a very cool 60s dress with a cigarette. I love so, it. I love it. He went all the way. Yeah. But just don't forget road trips can be really, really fun. That is I mean, very fun. And we ate fun. so much. I gained four and a half pounds. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's it's good. Really, That's a sign yeah. of a good trip. It was a great trip. That's it was a fantastic. Great trip. I love it. All right. What are you watching, lady? Okay, I am watching um, several things. So my watch and my read are kind of going to go together, okay? So I'm going to do a little combo platter today because the two things that I've been watching are the two things that are going to make you want to read more about these people. So that's what happened is I've watched these two shows and then I like obsessively read more about the backstory and about other people and about the real life story. So the first one is Inventing Anna. I think you've talked about this, right? Yes. 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 So Inventing Anna, which is um, so good about Anna Delvey, who uh, convinced New York's socialites and all of the elite uh, that she was this German heiress and that she was going to create this like one of a kind art focused social club. And she almost got she almost got herself a $20 million loan. It's unbelievable. She has served prison time. She since was, was released. And then she's back in prison because of an immigration violation because she overstayed her green card. Um, so what happens is when you watch Inventing Anna on Netflix, you get like so into it with her. And you talked about it being like a Shondaland show. Um, right. So it is kind of Shondaland-esque. But then um, – then when you just go down the rabbit hole of reading all about her and now Marjorie, I'm obsessed with her Instagram because she does her own Instagram. She has like 7 million followers. Is she doing it from prison? She was when then she was doing oh. it from out of prison and it's huh. crazy. And she is, I mean, she's going to end up making tons of money because people are fascinated by her. Fascinated. Well, it was, it, it, and she is fascinating in in one sense, I think there's definitely – the reason she went to jail is because there was a lot of fraud that was happening. Exactly. But at the same time, after I watched I, – I haven't done the deep dive on her like you have, 
But there's an element of it that had she gotten that $20 million loan, could she have pulled herself out of that? She might have been able to. And so that's what was really interesting to me is is, – and then there's an element of if it were a man, would she have been prosecuted in the same way? I'm not 100% sure. But she's – she is – she's – it's it's if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. I think she's doing um, podcasts. She's doing all oh of these gosh. different things. If you just heard a little blast of music, that was um, her Instagram account. And I was wrong; it's not seven million followers. It's almost a million followers. It's still a lot of followers, but still, still, yeah. And she's going to make money off of that. Yeah, it's crazy. And she, she made money off the Netflix deal. Yes, um, she did. Although she had to pay off a bunch of stuff with that, like yep, she had to pay yep. off some legal fees and things like that. And then the second one is the dropout. So The Dropout is on Hulu. Um, Inventing Anna, by the way, is on Netflix. The Dropout is on Hulu. And it's about Elizabeth Holmes, who is the woman who was also convicted of being a fraudster. She was the CEO of a company that she founded called Theranos, which claimed that it was going to be able to test blood for all sorts of different diseases, but using only one drop of blood. And she had this massive deal with Walgreens where it was going to be put into Walgreens stores. So the Hulu uh, series, The Dropout, comes out every Thursday. And I think we – I just watched episode eight or seven or eight. So there's more coming. Um, but you can binge watch what's out already on Hulu. And it's fascinating. And then her then-boyfriend, Sonny – who um, was also like, it was a really, I mean, they had a huge age difference. He was like a multimillionaire. Um, he is on trial right now. So she went on trial and was convicted and they're waiting on sentencing. She since um, had a baby with this other guy and um, and then Sonny is on trial right now. So that's what I'm saying. Like once you watch this stuff, then you go down the rabbit hole of like, what are these people doing in this very moment? What's happening with them right now? And it's such fascinating stuff. Well, if you if you want to, while you're watching the dropout, while you're watching this series, try and find American Greed. My, it's a series that runs yeah, on CNBC. My dad told me he just watched the Elizabeth Holmes episode. Oh, he oh loved it. Yeah, it was really good. So I've seen that. And the weird thing about so that's a little bit of more of a sort of reality, not reality show, but more of a documentary style um, show. Yeah. And on American Greed, they make the point, like if most of us have seen Elizabeth Holmes, we've seen her speak, and she had a very strange voice. Right. Like it was always very weird to me. Well, in the American Greed episode, they talk about how Sunny told her that her voice needed to be more masculine. She needed to have a lower voice in order to be taken seriously as a CEO. To be taken seriously, yeah. And so they actually, on American Greed, they have a clip from an interview where she breaks that voice. Oh, and you hear like this little bit of what we perceive to be. We don't know it. They they sort of are – they were theorizing like, was that her real voice that just came through? <laughs> super weird. Like super weird. My dad was saying to me about that too because Jay and I got on a real kick where we watched American Greed all the time. And um, Oh, good. Yeah. But my dad was like, if you watch too much American Greed, you think that everyone is out there to swindle you. He's <laughs> like, you've got to be careful how much of that show you're watching. Actually, that's probably true. <laughs> Well, I just finished watching The Adam Project, which is getting so much publicity because it's Ryan Reynolds, Jennifer Gardner, yes. Mark Ruffalo. Um, and so when something gets that much chatter, I can't – I just – you know, that's – I just have to watch it. So I did. It's a movie, it's, right? It's a movie on Netflix. Um, it's a Ryan Reynolds production. So he's an executive producer, I believe, and he stars in it. And he 
I mean, there's just no denying he's so incredibly charming and funny. Mm-hmm. Like, he just is. Um, but the movie is really, really great. And I think it's great because I look at that and it's the kind of movie that if my boys were like 8 and 10, I would have loved sitting down and watching it with oh, them. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So it's just like for me, you know, as a 57-year-old woman, did I love, love, love it? I loved what they did, but it's not something that, you know, I, I would rave about in that sense. But as a family movie, it's just filled with sweet themes um, a lot of sort of space travel action. So it's got that for kids. Um, but mostly it's just very, very sweet. So I would, if you've got, you know, kids, your kids are probably just, Bernie, Bernie would probably like it. But I think Franklin's just a little bit too young. I don't know. Mike, um, they're so into like Star Wars and stuff though. We've probably oh, exposed them to movies that are too old for them and they are into it. Oh, then, then they would love it. Yeah. They would love it. It's very, and I think you and Jay would love it. I cried. Oh, I mean, honestly, that's going to be our Friday night it. movie night this weekend. That's awesome. Yes, I love that. Yeah, you'll cry, and then you'll have to call me and tell me if you cried or not. <laughs> um, and that because it's a lot about loving your mama, so Aww. you will cry. That's great. Uh, and then the other movie, just because this is the kind of movie I watch, which is why uh, the Adam Project is probably good for me, is a movie called Beirut. I didn't hear anything about this movie. It was released in 2018. It stars John Hamm, and it's sort of a a, a a thriller, kind of a spy, kind of kidnapping, kind of thriller story that all takes place in Beirut, Ooh. which is really sad. Um, but it's a great movie. So not your Friday night movie, but if you want something a little bit intense. Now, mind you, we watched this before the invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. And right now, I don't think I would pick this movie. Hmm. It's very good, but it's very sad as as Beirut. You see the destruction of Beirut, which oh. is essentially what's going on in Ukraine. Yeah. So, but John Hamm's outstanding in it. He's just great in it. It looks so like I, you I'm can rent, you can rent that one on Amazon for three ninety nine. Is it? Yeah, I don't know where I saw it. Yeah. I have somebody who cues my movies up for me, so I don't know where they come from. <laughs> well, that's nice that you have that person that just lives there. I know with you. I know. Hopefully, it's they do other thing. tasks too. That's wonderful. Okay, what are you? Re- <laughs> what are you reading? I'm still in, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't finished it. I'm still in a good life uh, by the former editor, managing editor of the Washington Post, Bill Bradley, who I think has since passed away. Uh, I, I put it on the listing because I have, I'm, I'm still in it. I have about four chapters to go. But when I gave my early review of this, I was sort of stuck in the, he was bugging me because he's such a man of a certain age yeah. and it was just bugging me. I will have to say, it has gotten much more interesting because I just finished the section about the Pentagon Papers and Watergate, and that's all really interesting to me. So from a journalism, like if you're interested in journalism, um, there's a lot of name dropping. So if that isn't your thing, I don't know that you'd find the book very interesting. But if you're interested in media and journalism and the history of journalism, super good book if you can just dispense with all the facts that he's a man of a certain age <laughs> and just – just it's just the most normal thing in in the world to him that men just belong at the center of everything. Of course. So if you can get over that, the history of it's really really interesting. Okay. So I'm I'm enjoying it. That's a good caveat. Um, okay. Uh, I'm listening to a podcast. You know, we talked about turning our homes into a wellness center. 
And I've really gotten some great feedback from people who have listened to the podcast who have loved that and are kind of sharing the different things that they're doing in their homes. And again, you know, I think it's what, what's happened to me with it is it became, it's like a slippery slope because you start like one little thing and you switch out and then you're like, wait a second, this is great. Now I want to do the next thing and the next thing. Right. So I am joking now that wellness is my full-time hobby, particularly <laughs> since I've been injured. I mean, and so all I do is focus. I mean, that's like the amazing blessing of getting to have time off of work to heal is that right. I can right. focus on healing, which is exactly what I'm doing. Um, so I wanted to just share, I, I listen to a lot of wellness podcasts, but of all of them, I do think Dr. Will Cole is my favorite one. And I might've mentioned him before, but he's a functional medicine expert. He has like a, he has a telehealth center. So he like meets with clients, you know, all over the place and patients, right. but he is based in um, Pennsylvania, I think outside of Pittsburgh. And his podcast is called The Art of Being Well. And I, there's, he just does really, he interviews really interesting people. He does some podcasts with his team, but I really love his conversations with people. Um, because if you're totally new to this idea of, you know, maybe you've never had any sort of like alternative health care or you've never really looked outside of like what, you know, what the main kind of mainstream, um, healthcare options are, this is a really great way to start to kind of go, oh, wait a second, like look at all these things that are out there that aren't just necessarily about preventing me from getting sick or managing me being sick or covering up symptoms. It's a lot more about the philosophy of getting to the root of problems, you know, and that's something, of course, we've talked about a lot. I don't think anybody who listens to this podcast would think it's surprising that that's how I feel about it. I mean, I talk about that all the time, but, um, but he does a really nice job with a lot of experts of making it, I think, kind of approachable and um, and making it feel like, you know, this is just the way that things should be. And we can just shift into this way of thinking about our health. And, and it doesn't have to feel like this overwhelming thing. So Dr. Will Cole, it's called The Art of Being Well. And I just, every time I listen to an episode, I feel great. Some of my health podcasts, I feel bad when after I listen to them. This one, I feel good. So I want to pass oh, that along that's a good recommendation. You. Yeah. I think you, Marjorie, I want you to listen to it. Listen to a couple episodes. I will. Let me know what you think. I will. So on our road trip, we listened to this young new podcaster named Gar Punnett. Ooh, no way. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. He's got about 10 podcasts, I think. And, um, we just hadn't listened to them yet, which is terrible. And so we promised him on our way up to Chicago we would listen. And I have to tell you, there's there's something so fun about hearing your son do what we have done our whole lives. For sure. So what's the podcast so, about? So he does it for his company. He works for a company called Reaply. And it's called The Multi-Useiverse. And so it's a business podcast and he talks to guests about circular economy. Um, so that's mostly what it mostly what it's about. But it's really good. Like it was it was so fun. Me and I would look at each other because he of course my son wanted notes, you know, if we're gonna listen, he's got two parents that are producers and have worked in audio for most of our adult lives. And he said, please give me notes. So we were taking notes and of course we had some, but I was just super proud of him and it's good. I mean I think it's from a from a business standpoint, I think it's a really good thing for him to be doing. I think it's a good conversation for him to be in the middle of, and he's finding interesting people. 
Um, so that's, that's really that we listened to that on the way to Chicago. And then I just am going to add, so I will post where it is if, if anybody's interested in that, or they just want to hear my son's voice who sounds just like his father. Um, (laughs) you can hear him. And I think that would be really great if you go listen to my son's podcast, multi-useiverse, but I'll, I'll put the link up. Um, the other thing that I was doing a deep dive on actually just yesterday because it came up in conversation with my other son, we were talking about Amy Winehouse. Oh, yeah. And I haven't listened to her in a long time. I think after I saw the documentary about her, yeah. I just had to put it away for a while because it's just she's a very sad story. But, oh, my God. So Campbell, my other son, yesterday was saying, wouldn't it be awesome if she had done a Bond theme? Oh, for like, sure. She would have – it would have been so, so good. And so we were talking about Amy Winehouse, and then I started last night on YouTube just pulling up her performing. And I swear, it's just it, – it'll break your heart and then also make you believe in God at the same time because you just – you look at a talent like that, and it's just God-given. Mm-hmm. Um, she barely – she's standing on stage, Elizabeth, and she barely opens her mouth. And that voice comes out. And then, you know, she had such a unique way of styling songs. I mean, it's just, it's great. So if you haven't, if you were a fan and you haven't listened to her for a while, gosh, it's, it was sort of fun to go back and listen because it's like 2007, 2008, you know, when, when those songs were coming out. I know. She died at 27. I mean, it was like a really, um, and that 27, that cursed age for young artists. For young artists. Fascinating. I, I found her singing a song that I'd never heard before. Which she was singing the 60s song, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? Do you oh, know that song? Yeah. Oh, it's it, listen to it today. It's beautiful. I mean, it's just a beautiful version of that song. So I was sort of inadvertently doing a deep dive on her. And I just remember how talented she was and how much I loved her music. And it was sort of, it was nice to hear it again. Because, you know, it was a bad time for her, but it was a good time in my life. So it brings back some some good memories. Oh, but. gosh. That's fun yeah. stuff, Marjorie. Yeah. Um, we should let people know, too, if you want to listen um, to us on the radio together, we can say this. This is going to, it's going to happen on Friday, right? Oh, it is. It is going to happen on Friday. You have this on your <laughs> calendar. So our friends, Colleen and Bradley, who have the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071 um, from noon to three every weekday, they are going to be celebrating 10 years on the air. And they're recapping some of their favorite moments on radio. And so their wonderful producer, Holly, reached out to me and to Marjorie to ask if we would pipe in on Friday at, that's March 25th, at um, 2 o'clock Central and talk to them about the time that they nearly got themselves fired and destroyed our radio show with the worst April Fool's Day prank in the history of April Fool's Days. Yeah. Yeah. And they nearly made an early pregnant woman who didn't know she was pregnant vomit while she was trying to do a radio show. And by her, I'm talking about me. Yeah, it was um, a great story. One of one of the great moments in radio. Now, I thought we were supposed to be a surprise. Are we not a surprise? I don't think so. I think she. I think it's going to happen. But Colleen and Bradley, they won't listen to this beforehand, so they won't know. Oh, so we'll, we're just so telling our know. listeners. Yeah. But we- it'll be fun to be back with them. It was one of the scariest slash most fun days in radio because it was so absurd <laughs> what happened. It's also absurd. Now, Holly is apparently pulling up the audio from that fateful day. And so oh, I can't we'll get to, to celebrate it. with them. So it'll be kind of fun just because, of course, Marjorie and I did our radio show together um, for a couple years on My Talk 1071. And then um, we'll get to relive some of that on Friday, which will be very fun, Marjorie. 
That's great. It'll That's be great. good. All right. Listen, if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. So we have a review this morning from Princess in Pink. I love that. Yeah. She said, thank you for the conversation. I've never written a review before, but I'm compelled to comment on your recent discussion on the burnout related to elder care. I've listened to this episode four times wow. now. I'm so grateful for your delving into this little talked about issue. I learned so much from this discussion and felt such comfort in hearing how others are dealing with this situation as we are in my family. I look forward to Best of the Nest each week and hope both Marjorie and Elizabeth know how entertaining and helpful their heartfelt discussions are to their listeners. And thank you, Princess in Pink. I appreciate that. And I feel the need to be incredibly honest because you're writing so sweetly that today I was an absolute nightmare. I was so cranky this morning. I had to take my mom to a medical appointment and I was just doing everything I could to stuff down the crankiness. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it just gets to me. It just gets to me. And I don't think I, I don't think I was mean, but I know I wasn't very talkative and I know she depends on me to be a bright spot. Yeah. And I just wasn't there this morning. So for me, I just get very quiet. So I was very quiet. <laughs> but it's like it is hard. And But I'm super grateful for all the help I get now. And I get tons of help. But for those of you that are out there that are struggling and you feel like you're not your best self all the time, I so get that. Yeah. And I was that this morning. And just know that we're with you. And just keep trying to love those that you're taking care of and know that it's the right thing. But it is hard. It's really hard. Oh, Marjorie, I love that you're talking about that. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for that review, Princess in Pink. Yes, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.